Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Save the best for last as we do our 2015 season review for Hawthorne and a primer for 2016. And it's fair to say everything went to plan. Well, it's fair to say no one's covered their season yet, so no. we thought we'd give it a crack. We're going to struggle to keep this under three hours, I think. <laughs> yeah. well, at least I am Yeah, <laughs> talking about it. Um, I Having a look back where I predicted that Hawthorne would finish, I said they'd finish around third or fourth. No, I had them fourth yep. and they ended up third on the year. So um, always up and around there. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think any of us picked Hawthorne to go for the flag again in 2015. No, nah, well, I I don't give my picks for the previous season much credence anyway because I think I had Frio on a massive downward slide and yeah. Brisbane coming up. Yeah, I had Brisbane in the hard, eight. So. I had Brisbane the eight, so that's a little bit. So yeah, I can't really take any credit Mystic for one. some Mystic Mac shit going on there. But um, it's, it's just funny when you, when you look at the Hawks, it's almost like picking best and worst losses arbitrary. It's like, all right, you won the flag, so it's kind of irrelevant to pick well, out. Yeah, exactly. And all these reviews, um, yeah, and not just ours, but everyone that does them, you go, well, the Hawthorne, well, they won it. So yeah. what else do you want? Yeah. And, and the other thing is that uh, it probably will air before this one gets put up, but they're doing the Hawks review of their no, grand final. Uh, this will go uh, before that, definitely, because that's right. on Easter Monday, which uh, okay. is just before the Hawthorne-Geelong game. Oh, cool. And the grand final replay, they call it, yep. on Fox Footy is where they have the players in the media room watching yep. the game and commenting on it. And it's, it is fantastic. It's I love awesome idea. It. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I remember years ago when Lee Matthews was coaching Collingwood. So in... Uh, no, sorry, Lee Matthews was coaching Brisbane. So it was yep. 2001, 2 or 3 where yep. they had the, they did the grand final replay with the microphone in the coach's box. Yes. That was yeah, brilliant. That's right, yeah. So this is a little bit removed from that, but yeah. I still love it. You get to hear the, awesome. the inside yeah. from the players. Um, the, the year uh, against Frio, so 2013, was brilliant, um, yep. the replay, because they showed, they were talking about Luke Hodge, his address to the team coming out from half time. And uh, Hawthorne were up at halftime, and he said, you know what, I hope Frio come back and kick some goals so we can show that we can come back again. Everyone's going, no, mate, no, we'd rather thump them. And it actually happens, like Frio kick the next three. But all the players, they could laugh about it then. Yeah. But uh, they said, yeah, he said, I hope they kick the next few goals against us. That's when the music stops, and I was like, whoa, what the fuck was that? pretty much what it was. (laughs) Apparently, he's pretty good when he uh, gives his speeches. But it's such a great idea is to do that grand final replay. So, I mean, we're doing it but I'm looking forward to that one to be honest brilliant yeah um, so let's let's go through it then um, where are their best wins of the year it's silly to ignore the grand final yeah um, especially the lead up to it 
Excuse me. Uh, because they lost against West Coast three weeks earlier. Yep. Now it's going to be the hottest grand final on record. Yes. Yeah. The younger team versus the old stages. They're too old. Yep. It's the same old story that we heard in 1991. Yeah. Uh, which is just really uh, weird. That's what's so hard with Hawthorne is picking, like we do our little predictions for next year and uh, games to look out for. And it just kind of seems irrelevant because I think that Hawthorne's key is how they handle pressure and I think so much of finals isn't I mean there's also skill you've got to be up there yeah. with the best but it's really a test of who handles pressure the most or the best well I mean that's exactly what grand final day came down to when you yeah. saw um, you know West Coast weren't out of it at half time they was down by 30 odd points I think yeah. but they kicked the last two and then kicked the first one after half time yeah. then Jack Darling dropped the sitter yeah, um, yep. and hit the hit the ground. Stratton pounces, and they go down the other end and kick yep. a goal. Yep. Um, there was also uh, Hearn hit the post from dead in front. Yeah, thirty seconds later, Luke Hodge is kicking bananas from the fucking fifth yeah. row. Yeah, and they're going through the middle. And you just go, well, what can you do? Yeah, and I think momentum plays a big role in that as well. And I know you went to the match of uh, NAB Challenge of Kangaroos last and weekend. Hawks. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that was a real that was a game that demonstrated how much momentum uh, can control a game because Hawks came out firing, kicked away, did awesome things and then sort of went, ah, right, we've still got it. All right, yeah. we're good. We're good now. And then North Melbourne came back and then they got the momentum carrying forward and they're like, shit, hang on, we've got to pull ourselves out of this situation which we're not used well, to. I, I don't want to read too much into NAB challenge form but I was sitting there, uh, we were there really early we were watching the warm-ups and yep. I was sitting next to Dad and I said, North Melbourne looks shit. Yeah. In the warm they were just like, I know it's NAB challenge, but they were barely getting out of a, a walk. Yeah, yeah. And just dropping the ball and, and you know, fumbling it here yep. and there and, oh, oh go yeah. get it. You want it to be a simulation. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is, like I said, only NAB challenge. Yeah. We looked at the other end and Hawthorne were crisp. Yeah. You know, for a preseason one, you go, like, yeah. both teams were missing maybe three players from yep. the best 22. And you're like, this is going to be a blowout. Yeah. You, you could feel it before the game. Yeah. But anyway. Um, uh, so, okay, sorry, before that, I mean, we, we say you can't read much into NAB Challenge, but you can read a lot into a three-time premiership club <laughs> and what they do. What else do you need to yeah, know, really? Just look at them, and if they're doing something, good chances, right? Um, the other big wins for the year, I'm going to put in round one. Yep. Um, Geelong had made a lot of off-season moves last yeah. year, again. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne coming off, you know, this is the year that they were going to be too old. And, yeah. you know, they're going to catch up. Yep. And you say, oh, you know, what's the premiership hangover? Yep. The, the way they took apart that game with yep. absolute ruthless aggression, you just go, yeah. oh, shit. You could feel 17 clubs go, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. They're doing it again. Yeah. Because um, especially uh, only young young players generally handle hangovers well. Yeah. Hawthorne just defied that. They had a few that tried it. Yeah. <laughs> but even in that game, you had uh, Jed Anderson was kicking goals. And, yeah. And uh, he came off off the bench for the sub with the sub vest. Yep. Um, so th- there was, you go, okay, they're blooding in new players. Yeah. Happened to not be there anymore, but... Yeah, but it still wasn't the worst thing. There, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you look at Jenison as well, like, how are you going to fit him in around Gunston and players like that? And, I mean, you've got Roughhead in there, and, and where do you slot him in? Uh, Bobolo's doing great things as a small man. Exactly. And, you know, if he's going to play in the midfield, well, you've got yeah. a couple of... you got old blokes in there who just yeah. aren't leaving. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's... <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get to it later, but... It's like, it, how do you feel like playing Brian Lake spot, son? Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to it later when we do the list changes, but um, it was the best thing for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To, to get out. Um, the other, So that's one of the big wins for the year. Um, even though Geelong didn't make finals, I had them making finals this year, uh, last year. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like you were saying as well, especially for a team that was supposed to too old, you don't expect yep. to come out of the blocks like that. No, you know, and sort of work into the season. Yeah. Um, which actually leads us into the other big wins, which is round 15 and round 16 yep. against Frio and the Swans. So two teams that were yep. picked to finish top four and finished top four. One of them finished uh, with a minor premiership. Yeah. Back-to-back weeks, so they put them to the absolute sword. Yeah. Um, I think it was around this year, uh, this time of the year, where Hawthorne were four and four um, at one stage. Yeah. So yep. this is the, okay, now where are Hawthorne? Um, and Frio were, I think they'd only lost one or two games at this stage. They were never in it. And it just showed that even though there were lapses in Hawthorne, their yeah. best was by far the best of the competition. Yeah, and especially how they can adapt during a game um, without, seems like, a whole lot of coaches' instruction. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's hard to counter against that and to plan against it because they can make changes to how they play much quicker than any other teams. And they do. They have, you know, probably let's say four players that don't play every position. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, where other teams have midfielders that can go forward or midfielders yeah. can go backwards, Hawthorne have midfielders that go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, even Jack Gunston, who is a lead-up forward, yep. um, a lot of times you see him, he's taking marks in the back pocket. Yeah. You know, he's, he's running there. Ruffett is the most versatile player we've seen for years. Yeah. And that he's a ruckman and a rover and a key forward. He's a yep. common medalist. Yeah. And well, he'll go play ruck. Well, even when you look at Luke Hodge, I mean, he plays in the middle, but he did some of his best work across half-back. He was listed as a half-forward player, I think, this I year. I think he's going to play more forward this year. Yeah, and he'd like to because he's incredible, like setting up and kicking the goals and he's got that wise head. But I found that a lot of his, well, his most important work was done across the half-back line for, for Hawks when they yeah. needed him. So, like, how do you match up against that? You can't. You can't. There is that um, X-factor um, competitiveness yeah. Um. In in a player that you can't you can't measure it, but yeah. I know when because uh, you know we were basketball fans growing up. Yeah. When uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were talking about Michael Jordan. Yeah. They just said he just wants to win. That's all he wants to do yeah. is win. He doesn't matter what he's doing. He just wants to win. Yeah. And, and they meant that as a sign of respect, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Arch is the same. He just competes. Pretty, uh, yeah. But also even. <clears throat> if you're comparing to Magic Johnson, who's a six foot eight point guard. Yeah. So just so out of out of, you know... Uh, type. Type, yeah, for, for that role. Whereas you've got Hodge, who's playing centre-half back. Yeah. What is he, five foot nothing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give him six. Yeah. So, okay, well, he's yeah, not a giant. He's probably six, but, I mean, you always judge it against who who they're around. So yeah. we look at him and look like, hey, he's tiny. But when you see him off the field, you're like, holy shit, yeah. they're pretty big. <laughs> um, but that was round 15 and round 16 where they put, you know, two premiership contenders yeah. um, and didn't give him a look-in. Yeah. Um, like, they beat him with their own game plan, which was so impressive. Swans was in Sydney, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, it was funny that people were saying, have they peaked peaked too early? Yeah. And you're like, well, how do you mean? What what does yeah. peak too early mean? Yeah, exactly. Should they be waiting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's stupid. They just went out there and go, guys, guys, we're peaking. Yeah. Man, this is... Yeah. 30 points is enough. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a people who don't play the game... Think it's like a conscious effort, but you can have all the strategies, all the plans. But once you get in that contest and on that field, and it's a game, yeah. you can't really hold anything back. No, like it's not in your nature the way you're brought up to play play a game to not be competitive and try and hold it back. That's why when it comes to things like nab challenge, they don't say players cool down. They go yeah. oh, you bench exactly we're done. get off. Yeah, <laughs> or as Harbour goes, just fifteen will do. Just, <laughs> 15 just put them on there. We don't need a full do, side. Yeah. 
<laughs> Fuck this shit. Yeah. Are you in the crowd of Guernsey? You're on. Um, so, let's have a look at the worst losses then, because the big wins are always there to celebrate, but yeah. this was a weird, uh, a, a down year, believe it or not, for Hawthorne. Oh, hang on, hang on, best win. Oh, you had another best yeah, win? Yeah, yeah, uh, West Coast, oh, round West Coast. 19. In West Coast. In West Coast, yeah. Uh, what do they call it? Diab- Diab- Diabolic Stadium, <laughs> something like that. Uh, it used to be Patterson's, but Domain. Domain, yeah, yeah. That's it. It was terrible weather, terrible weather. There was pretty much one scoring end. And Hawks had to dig deep and really do a lot of the old school Hawks uh, style play that they were known for in the 80s and early 90s of uh, not pretty, not polished, just get it forward, kick goals. And if you do that more often than the other team, you win. Well, they didn't hit the front until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's what's most impressive is they stuck it out. And I think at that point they were going for top two as well. So it was a really important game because you're taking a win off someone that you're trying to get a top two against in conditions that would make a lot of men quit. I mean, you saw balls going... Almost sideways. Sideways, yeah. Um, From memory, too, uh, at about three-quarter time, um, I thought the only thing that was keeping Jared Ruffett in the side was reputation. Yeah. Um, He wasn't... like Okay, he had some fucking adversity adversity through the year. Yeah. Cancer can do that to you. Yeah. Plus, um, Sydney cheated and tried and stabbed him in the back. They say it was a bolt on the ground at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, I was oh, pretty sure it was... Uh, mate, yeah. they're out Western Sydney. It, it was a shiv. It was almost worse than Monica Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But he turned it on in the, in the fourth when it counted. He did, he did. Um, and it was great to see uh, all the arguments about if the, the handball that he gave was out of bounds or not in the, in the pocket. Well, that's right. I mean, they kicked 5-2 to 2-3 in the final term. And um, the, pretty much that, that game, there was one scoring end. So yeah. you had to make the most of it when you are there. And Hawks uh, just happened to have that end, at, uh, end in the last quarter. And they uh, capitalized on it. Um, and Sam Mitchell was just everywhere. Everywhere for an old man who's passed it. Um, I think he had 40-odd possessions, 38 possessions, I think he ended up getting. And yeah, so Hawks dug deep. Paid off the right boundary umpire and ended up getting the win. <laughs> I've I've gone to the tapes and I reviewed it and it was it was definitely in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Having said that, if a West Coast Eagles supporter was sitting here right now, I'd tell him it was out. Well, the thing is, if you go online, you see all this in-depth analysis where you've got these graphs and fucking CSI Miami. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's hilarious. It. Yeah, like you could tell. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they're the big wins. Uh. The the worst losses. So. Like I said, this was a down year because uh, the previous three seasons, they've gone from uh, 19 wins down to 17 to 16 this year. Yeah. So they've had more losses, including they lost a final for the first time since 2012. Yep. So could we start with the, I think the worst loss for the year was the final against West Coast. Yeah. Um, after beating them uh, a few weeks earlier, I think Matty Prittis was a late out yep. for West Coast. Uh, and this is the first time for the year that Hawthorne looked... Um, Vulnerable. Woeful. Like, yeah. They were dropping um, simple handballs, were hitting pe- yeah. people's feet. Uh, the, I think the end margin was 30-odd points, but that was flattering. Yeah. It was 50 at three-quarter time. Yeah. And, and especially with the criticisms being leveled against them, being old, and yep. it's going to be a, a tough year for them. This was the one where all the haters were like, huh, told you. Uh, yeah, I saw all the Facebook posts, which was, you know, it's over. It's yep. finished. The yep. dynasty's done. Yeah. And it was hard to argue against it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially the next week, you know, Adelaide coming off a high, playing game of the season against yeah. the Bulldogs. Yep. You know, there was no guarantee that Hawthorne were going to get over. Yeah, because um, it's easy to say after the game, but yeah. But I think the ones that the Crows beat Hawks, if by memory, was not, it Eddie had? I think no, that was Port. Port was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Crows have beaten Hawks yeah. for for a while. Yeah, you like to keep it that way too. Always. Um, 
So, yeah, it, it was West Coast played well and Hawthorne yeah. were just on the back foot all day. And yeah. I think it's becoming one of the bigger things in all games is just having clean hands. Yeah, yeah. So being that one grab so you can give it because you've got to yeah. give it really fast. Yeah. And this is the worst effort of, I guess, dirty hands yeah. I've seen from a side. And that's true because you see when you've got uh, numbers around the ball but pressure, yep. it just it's almost as soon as that one person is like that step behind or the handball is just that oh, yeah. fingertips, then it just compounds and eventually it gets turned over. It's like in cricket, the difference between uh, when you're going for a run out between yep. a direct hit and throwing it to the wicket yeah. keeper. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. just that, that fraction of a second is just off yep. by that little much, but it makes the world a difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see it, it just compounds and all of a sudden it's turned over. But if you hit that first one, then the opposition the back foot. The next one goes, the next one yeah. goes, and you're dictating where the ball goes next. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a bit of free space where you can you know, have a lot more control of where you're going. Uh, the other big, uh, the worst losses for the year. So we've got two losses against Port Adelaide that yeah. uh, were both very different losses. Yeah. Um, but in the sense that they were the same that Port led from start to finish in both yeah. Well, that's it. In the first one, Port kicked seven goals in the trot, I think, yeah. in the first quarter. Eight the first quarter. Look, I, I almost give this game a pass because yeah. I remember that first quarter, they came out blitzing it. Um, yeah. Hawks couldn't buy a trick and then uh, Port were you know, putting it on the boot around the corner from 50 and it's bouncing yep. through. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yep. I, I'm firmly with the belief in that first quarter is where they won the game yeah. and it was just, it was their night. They won Lotto. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I looked at it and I thought, it was a, a match of first and last quarters yeah. where Hawthorne tried to do to Port what Port did to them in the first quarter but couldn't quite pull it off. Couldn't just couldn't get across the didn't line. Didn't have the legs left. Yeah. And so I thought it's almost coming back from that uh, uh, deficit and falling short is almost demoralizing because you're like, we're better than that. This is what we do. We come yeah. back and we, we get across the line. We're finishers. We, that pressure is what we thrive on. And so if, was that the first one? Was it round four? Yeah. Yep. And so you would have hoped after that um, showing at, was that at Adelaide Oval, I think? It was at Adelaide yeah. Oval. You'd hope when you had the return leg that you'd really put into the sword, like like Sydney. Because yeah. when Sydney did them at MCG, uh, they came back and just destroyed them at, uh, yeah. not it's, the CG, uh, the ANZ. ANZ, yeah. And so with Port, you'd expect them to be able to do the same thing. Uh, when they came back to, to, to Melbourne. To Melbourne, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, it, the, the way they came back in the final quarter, I think they kicked five goals to none. Yeah, um, but it, it never felt like I mean it was only eight points in the end but it never yeah. felt like they were going to get there yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just they had enough in the bag already um, yeah. but, but you're right like you put down that first quarter as uh, something out of the out of the bag yeah but next time when you play them you hope that you show something more yeah uh, um, the worst thing for that one as well is that the inside 50s was ridiculous I think the Hawks Hawks won inside 50s 79 to 43 and still lost the game. Just yeah, which says where the ball is exactly, yeah. and, and they got killed on the uh, on the rebound. Yeah, and Hawks have, have sort of been known to be creative in their forward fifty. You've got lots of little players that can offset your your big man being marked up and sort of tagged out of the, out of the forward line uh, goal kicking scene. Yeah, but with that many inside fifties, I think uh, pretty sure I read up it was the largest margin of inside fifties or deficit of inside fifties while losing by a losing side. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it would be. Yeah, I'm hard pressed to find anyone that uh, would beat that one. And so I think the Hawks, and especially uh, Alistair Clarkson, would be really disappointed in yeah. having that much of the ball in your four fifty and not be able to capitalise. But it's a credit to to Port as well, who had that pressure. And Port, if you let them set up from their their back line, yeah. it's really damaging because as soon as they get in the corridor, they've got runners that just spread and they, they go. 
one of the criticisms against Port is they are a little bit downhill skiers at times. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so if you let them get that run, yeah. you're not going to stop them. But having said that, it's the return leg at Etihad Stadium, which yeah. for starters, why the fuck are they playing at Etihad Stadium? Yeah, I've got no got idea. me puzzled. Yeah. Um, Hawthorne got to within one point at three-quarter time before Port um, actually rebounded and yeah. you know, goes against that um, downhill skier yeah. tag and came back. Um, it's a, it was a, oh, a pretty good game, but Port muscled their way in yeah. um, and, and never let Hawthorne get too much of a run on. Yeah, and they really sort of stimmied Hawks' playmakers from getting yeah. the ball, which there's so many of, of Hawks' playmakers that yeah. it's a hard thing to it's do. Hard, exactly. And so I think the only way you do that is by making them accountable for their opposition, for their opponent, which means they've got to sort of stop thinking about what they're going to do with the ball yep. and look at what their opponent is doing with the ball. Because when, when you look at the possessions for that game, and you look at... Um, 400. Yeah, 400. And when you look at Hawks' team, team, I think Sammy Mitchell had 27, Hodge had 19, Rioli had 10. When you look at Port, uh, I think had, the Grey brothers... Had 70 between them. Yeah, between them. And yeah. and that's what where the damage was done. And then you look at Boke had 30, and Boke's not a 30-position game player against, against the Hawks. No. Like, there's no way you should be in that. And Wingard kicked four goals after getting slammed against a point post. Well, it was a shame that that's all that people talked about after this game. And... I know I'm preaching to the choir a bit because there's going to be mostly Hawthorne um, yeah, supporters yeah. Are going to listen to this, but the fact is that uh, I don't know if Hodge is clever enough to purposely hip somebody's head yeah. into a point post. No. But he did it. He went for a bump, got him yeah. high, he, he wears the weeks, whatever it was. I don't know, did don't he get anything th- for it? Yeah, he got, uh, I think, three down to two. Okay. But um, there were some people that were calling for a lifetime ban. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. I'm not saying you're being one-eyed. Yeah. I'm saying you're being a dickhead. So you're saying, you know, fuck all about what you're talking about. But yeah, all. I mean, if anybody that is impartial that looks on it, you go, it's not a hip and shoulder. It'll, even in the freeze frame we're looking at right now, yeah. you can see the hip and shoulder misses. Yeah. It yeah. catches him with his stomach. Yeah. But anyway. But here's the thing that was most concerning about that, was that Wingard played better after, after that hit. Which is great for Wingard, because yeah. he had... Uh, I've seen players like that go, oh, I've got an excuse to lay down now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can milk this. But he got up, kicked the goal, and I think he kicked the next one too. I think he had, yeah, kicked four for the game. It might have been three after that bump. It was definitely two, maybe three yeah, after that bump. Yeah, he definitely kicked the next two. Yeah. Um, so, so he's a bloke you don't really want to try and intimidate off the ball because that's what he loves. He yeah, loves that rough exactly. stuff. Um, and uh, while we're on that incident, the free kick that was paid in the goal screen was absolute bullshit too. Uh, yeah, cost us the game. Point. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other I think it was the surface, wasn't it? It was enough light been. on there, and luckily they got a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the worst yeah, bulldozer for Eddie, yeah. Eddie had uh, the, the the worst loss for the year, though I still believe was uh, Sydney at the MCG because this is a game where uh, I went to. So yeah. for one, that makes it worse. I yeah. think it was the only loss of Hawthorne. No, I went to the Essendon game as well. Um, they couldn't buy a trick in the first quarter. Yeah, um, and then dominated the game. Yeah, that Hawthorne owned that game, and nine goals, fifteen. Yeah, and as much as Sydney Swans fans don't like us talking about it, <laughs> Hawks lost that game. Hawks lost it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gunston and Roughhead between them kicked uh, one goal, six. Um, yep. there's your game. That's yep. it. Having said that, uh, Jeremy McVay was the, the absolute key to winning it in the final quarter. Yeah, he made Ben Stratton look uh, silly at times. Yep, and uh, turned him inside out. But this, this is one where you know, uh, the grand final replay back at the MCG, you've yeah. got a chance to really... like You know there are scars there yep. f- from um, the last grand final where yep. 
Um, it was the most complete game I've ever seen um, yeah. in a grand final from Hawthorne. Uh, so you got open wounds that are there. you got a chance to really um, make a mockery of them. Uh, yeah. And they they let, let it slip. Yep. Fucking made up for it a few weeks later, but yeah. uh, but that's beside the point. And and you had a lead in going into the fourth. We had, I mean you had a slight lead in the third, but going into the fourth, you had what was it? Just about three goals. Yeah, got out in front and let them come back. And when you look at, I mean, you started off with Swans kicked five goals in the first quarter to none. Yeah. And so it's easy to get your head down, but to do all the hard work to come back and finally hit hit a decent lead in the fourth, and then let it go is demoralising. Yeah, and like you said, it was they. Um, Stop the flow of Sydney. And again, yeah. I I never say that I'm I'm not biased. I'm biased as all yeah. fuck, but I'll try and be honest at least. Yeah, yeah. Sydney were getting the rub of the green in the first quarter. Yep. There were some very interesting like free kicks, but yeah. that happens. Yeah, the way that they could come back and, and then uh, own the play for, yeah. the, for the rest of the game until yep. Jared McVeigh became a standout. Yeah. And, and that's really the two ways they lost the game was. Inaccuracy in front of goal, and then Jared McVay stood up, and yep. nobody was there to stop him. Yeah, and when you look at it, nine goals, 15, it's very hard to make that a winning score. Yeah, it's very rare. Um, look, the other bad loss we I could say was GWS, because it's the first time that uh, GWS have ever beat them. Yeah. But it was more disappointing because it was the week after they beat North Melbourne by 10 goals, yep. and Hodge got reported for something he didn't need to do. Jordan Lewis got reported for something he didn't need to do. So there's yeah. two of your best ball winners yep. uh, and, and leaders who aren't playing. And they still had a chance to win that game. But when it came down to it, they couldn't get the ball out of the back line. And yeah. Mumford was just a monster. Yeah. So it, it's more disappointing for what happened the week before than that game. Yeah, yeah. I looked at that as one of my honourables, but I already put both port games yeah, in there. Exactly. So like, I've got enough in there. And look, the other two, lo- it's easy when you don't lose many games. You can talk about all the losses. Exactly, yeah. Um, the Essendon loss was just a fantastic game. And Essendon yep. um, applied yeah. themselves to the whole game. And that's it. That's not a bad loss. That's just yeah. a good match. And if someone that, has to win. If that siren goes two seconds later, Hawthorne wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they don't pay their throw against Jordan Lewis in the pocket, Hawthorne wins. Yeah. Um, and the game against Richmond, where I looked at that as it was a scrappy game, but yeah. Richmond made it so. Yeah. And Richmond yeah. also, they had a plan and they stuck to it and they were feverish yeah. in the way they did it. Like they were pushing up the, on the men on the mark and making yeah. sure there's no... They, they stopped Hawthorne from playing on. Yeah. And that's it. Like I'm a Richmond fan and I didn't put that as, as you know, their worst loss just for that fact that we watched it and it, it was it was a it was a good match. It was it's almost like watching a GSP fight or it's something. Exactly where I was going. <laughs> yeah. They won on points. Yeah. And they grant they had a plan, they grinded out yeah. and they did exactly what they yeah. needed to do. And they stopped Hawthorne from trying to break through it. Yeah. And it's like I didn't enjoy watching that much. I mean my team won, so you always like that bit, but it wasn't a great necessarily a great game to watch, yeah. but it, you can understand why they lost it and what happened, yeah. and then you make those adjustments and you realize, right, that's the hole we've got, and and you do something about you go it. To it. Their game, uh, Richmond had a game plan and they executed it perfectly. Yeah. And yeah. when any team has a plan that go and they stick to it and run it perfectly, and all eighteen on the field, uh, yeah, yeah, sticking to it, you, you're going to lose the game. Yeah, and and it's a learning opportunity where you're like, all right, well, that's one thing that we work yeah. on, we tweak, and if someone puts that to us in the future, we know what to do about it. Yeah, and that's the good thing with Hawthorne. You know that they got the smarts up in the box. Yeah. They would have just gone, okay, yep. we'll see what here. Yeah. Um, so there's the... Actually, there's all the losses. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. wasn't <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like I said, this is going to be a verbose one because yeah. I've got a lot to talk about when it comes to Hawthorne yeah. in, in the last year. Um, who are the standouts for them? Um, and the simple answer is lots. Yeah, well, I was going to leave that up to you. 
Uh, well, you run with it. Well, they've got three All Australians um, in Rioli, Mitchell, and Gibson. So we can start there. Gibson has now won two best and fairest in premiership years. It's not a bad yeah. fucking effort for a fullback. Yeah. Or a centre half back, or whatever. And like else, an so. unassuming one. Like you watch the games, like Gibson did a solid job, but yep. there's always someone else like, wow, he did this that was really yep. special, or that, and kick these goals. But a lot of times, that's the sign of a good backman is that you do your role so that the other person doesn't stand out. Yeah. Um, he's very handy with the ball. He knows what his limitations are. Yeah. So when he's uh, he's used as a distributor out of the back line a lot. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't mark the ball often. He, he loves a punch. Loves a punch. Loves a punch. Loves it. Um, but he's on that left foot. He's fairly accurate over 30 to 40 meters. Yeah. So that's what he does every time. And he backs himself as well. Yep. And he's got, and you're confident in that back line where you've got support, where yeah. you can either chase down the ball, or chase down the man, um, push up forward a little bit, and you know you're going to be covered, you're going to be right. That's the, the big thing. Like A lot of people try and say, why are Hawthorne um, dominant and winning three in a row? It's Obviously, it's the skill level and that kind of stuff, but um, I think the biggest thing is confidence. Yeah. And it's not just confidence in yourself. It's confidence in the teammates because obviously I watch a lot of their games and you'll see times where uh, players uh, in the middle of the packs and they don't even look. They hear a voice and they go, I'm going to handball it there. Yeah. It's because yep. somebody has the confidence to run five meters going, my player is going to get it and they're going to deliver it right yep. to me. Yeah. I don't need to wait and see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to, he's going to do that. And the player with the ball goes, I hear a voice. He wouldn't call unless he really wanted it. Exactly. And yep. they're able to deliver that ball yeah. brilliantly. So yep. it is knowing that they don't have to wait to see what happens. Yeah. They go, I know what's going to happen. I can go get in front of it. Yeah. Yeah, you can anticipate what's going to happen. And playing around uh, the same players for a long stretch of time, yeah. you build up that sort of the natural uh, anticipation of, of what you are, that, your teammates are going to do. That innate um, sense of what's yeah. going to happen. Because you've done it a hundred times yeah, before. The best I can liken to is playing basketball where you can throw a pass to someone you can't see, but you know they're there because they're there every time every that time. You, you're yeah. sort of doing that sort of position or that play. So, like, you're cutting and you know that player's going to come here to follow you behind and you can throw yeah. up a pass. Same with him, footy, is that, you know, in this position, this player does this. Yeah. So, it's, like we just reinforcing, it's not confidence in, I know I can do this. It's confidence yeah. in, I know my teammate can do it. Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. need to worry about it. I'm going to run yeah. to where I'm going. Yeah. Um, so, Rioli as well. Uh, it was interesting coming out of last season where he had all these hamstring issues. Yeah. He only missed one game for the entire year and that was to go to a funeral. Yeah. So his body's yep. held up. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it's almost um, cliche to say, yeah, but he doesn't, his effect on the game isn't measured in stats. Like, he, he doesn't average yeah. a lot of disposals. Yeah, that's, that's true. But he is the best chasing defensive forward there is. Yeah. I mean, uh, even at the game on the, on the weekend, the NAB Challenge game, yeah. you'll see players go, I'm going to kick it to my bloke who's free. Nah, Rioli's here. I can't go there. Yeah. And yeah. they just avoid it. Well, because especially how solid his base is, how well he can keep his feet. His balance is amazing. How he works his way through a crowd as well when yeah. he's got the ball is quite incredible. Like, you've got that highlight from, pretty sure it was last year, where he does that spin move and kicks yeah. a goal. And it's like, just the ability to be able to know that you can get through that little gap, put yeah. this move on, yeah. and still be able to put it through. Um, how many times he's tapped on? You know, yeah. you, you tap it over yeah. the back of his head to somebody or it's, it's going somewhere else. Yep. Um, Kurt Tippett still has nightmares yeah. uh, about Rioli, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, it's funny growing up as well when you're playing footy, they'll always teach you to be front and center. Yeah. But someone like Rioli isn't always front and center. He's where the ball goes because he knows. This is where it comes down to the confidence because players know, I'll just run by, Rioli's going to do something. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I'll get it. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just what he does. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I don't know if anybody keeps the stats, but if there is a stat for holding the ball decisions one, yep. Rioli would win it by an absolute country mile. Yeah. Um, so any discussion about how did he make all Australian is just, well, if you don't know why, you're not paying attention. Yeah, you haven't watched the footy. <laughs> uh, or you're just affected by the absolute bias that the commentator shows. You're a hater. They do get a little bit excited when Rioli's on screen. Don't they? Yeah. Um, I've also I put in um, Taylor Duray. Yeah, because uh, he was coming off the bench in 2014 Grand Final. He had the yeah. sub vest on. This year was a chance for a few other players to come up, and you know they recruited Frawley. Yeah, yeah, Isaac Smith as well, who was putting his hand up there. He was, I think, he was in the squad for all Australian, like in the 40. Yeah, or he might have been just outside it. Yeah, but yeah, he came solid as well. Yeah, um, but Jurea is, he was on the fringe for best 22. Yep. He was absolute best 22. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this year is going to be bigger for him because Matty Suckling's gone. And his left boot, he gained an extra five or 10 metres on it yep. yeah, this year. So it's very reliable. Isaac Smith is an interesting one too. When he started with Hawthorne, he was the worst kick in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, and really skinny, really small. Oh, like a, like a giraffe. Yeah, like yeah. not much to him at all. Um, so he always had that elite running ability, but now yeah. he's reliable. Yep. Uh, reliable kick. Kicked a beautiful goal from outside 50 in the grand yeah. final too. I think he had a little injury for a couple of weeks as well, didn't he? But still came back confident. Yeah. Was it uh, him? He did. He he'd knocked out. Or... I've got a feeling he did a, an arm or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, I can't remember. But it didn't dent his confidence. Like, even when you see him in the media, uh, yeah. he did a little bit of work there. and Country lad. Yeah, country lad. <laughs> but from him. He's, still, he's still keen to get out there and it must do so much for your recovery to be in a squad like Hawthorne where you know you're coming back into a team that's really having a crack and you're click. Yeah, you gotta put your best foot forward to get in that twenty two. I got a feeling his first game back from injury was the final against West Coast, like the the qualifying final. Right. Because yeah. and he got beaten on, yep. on the night. He yep. got killed. Um but he bounced back after that. Um where was I going with there? The other thing, the other th- interesting thing with Isaac Smith, like I said, his kicking's improved. Somebody mentioned um during the during the week, comparing players of his age, so he's about twenty five and sort of four to five years in, yep. versus other players of the same age group at clubs like Melbourne or Carlton. Right. When you think about it, like because Hawthorne's played all the finals, he played finals every year that he's been at the club. Yeah. I think might have even played in a grand final every year that he's been at the club. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, and guys like Jack Gunston, same thing. Yeah. Played yep. in a grand final every year. Yeah. Comparing those guys to the same age at. Carlton and Melbourne, yep. they've played an entire season extra Jesus. because of all those finals. You know, that, that's yeah, an extra right. 20 games yeah, also. Yeah. And important games too, it, like with character building exactly. games. Exactly. You're like um, real games that you get real development and yeah. uh, there is no higher intensity. Yeah. So they're a, a year ahead of those, if not more. More, yeah. Because it's not just a year of regular season games, it's a year yeah. of the pointy end and what matters? Because I, I haven't looked it up, but you know they're at 120 games, whereas somebody else might be at 80. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Or, or 90 games, um, but it's just because they're at a successful club and yeah. getting regular game time. And it's that sort of experience you try and recruit into a club, like you try and poach them a fourth one yeah. into a team like Melbourne. Well, so. and that's what uh, teams have done, you know, with like Matty Suckling, who's now yeah. gone. You know, you can't argue with it. Yeah. He's got the big dollars. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Um, now the other big year. Another person who's had a massive year for Hawthorne. Yep. It's one of my throwers. Andrew Russell. Who's he? Who's Andrew Russell? <laughs> exactly. He's the fitness boss at Hawthorne. Really? So whenever I, like I said, I consume all media around Hawthorne. Yep. Every best and fairest for, for the last three years, right. just about all of them 
credit Andrew Russell. Really? And you have a look at the last three grand finals. I think Hawthorne have had their best 22 in uh, all three of them. So he's yep. managed to... They're, they're too old, you know. Injuries start to creep in. But they've managed to get their best 22 ready for grand final day. And they all give Andrew Russell credit for it. Really? So I tell you what, if... Um, there are a lot of teams out there that have obviously you know, thrown their hat in the ring to try and poach Clarkson. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's not going to happen. They've tried it with Andrew Russell as well. Well, let's be honest. I think Conor McGregor should fuck off Edo Portal. <laughs> Go get Andrew Russell. <laughs> get Andrew Russell in there and maybe he can fight five rounds against Nate Diaz. Maybe GSP can, can throw it in there <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, but I thought it was amazing that somebody um, behind the scenes who gets so much credit from the players publicly, yeah. Yeah. it just says, right, something's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also... Especially someone whose name you say and you haven't heard of. You haven't heard of, yeah. yeah. But, you know, somebody that <laughs> reads everything that comes yeah. out from about Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, knows his name. The other thing was when Adam Simpson was uh, an assistant coach at Hawthorne, um, he told Luke Hodge, every year after 30, drop a kilo. Yeah. So usually you see the older players start bulking up and uh, you know they'll use their heads and yeah. try and be smarter yeah. around. You know They've got a bigger body to push others out. Yep. They've gone the other way. Yep. Like, no, you need to be more nimble, take yeah. weight off your joints yep. and make it easier for you. Yep. It seems to be working. Well, one thing I've noticed in the NAB challenge is that Everyone looks slimmer with the yep. reduction in uh, rotations. Rotations, yeah. yeah. I, again, watching North on the weekend even, uh, Petrie looks lighter. Yeah, yeah, he does look and a again, lot lighter. Again, he's 33, 34 yep. or, or somewhere even around there. Del Santo for uh, Kangas North. looked a lot slimmer down. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like some of the Tigers players looking at that. Dusty Martin slimmed down a lot. And so there's players who are generally hard-body players have been forced to trim down because you've got to run out these whole games without yeah, having as many yeah. rotations. Um, so let's let's in anyway. The three peats done. They, they've done it again. Um, so let's move on and have a look at the next year. Yep. Um, let's have a look at the ins and outs. Um, and one of those lists is very thin. Uh, the ins for Hawthorne is yep. Jack Fitzpatrick, which is a weird one um, because I don't think he was even wanted at Melbourne, who got rid of uh, Mark Jamar as well. So right. got, they needed a back uh, ruckman. Yeah, and Hawthorne went well. We need somebody because they've got McAvoy and Segler who will yeah. be one and two. Yeah, um, Pitternet, who's another ruckman who will need another year in the VFL before he's ready. Yeah, so Fitzpatrick is just sort of more of insurance. Yeah, but ruck's never really been a position they've put like they haven't worked around a superstar ruckman. Yeah, they've gone. We've got a superstar midfield that'll do. Yeah, and, and that's what I think nowadays. Like we were speaking about before, is that. If you don't have that superstar ruckman, you need a couple that can cover the versatility that superstar ruckmans yep. now have. So you need a couple player, player uh, ruckman who will cover them when they go into attack, or yep. one who can cover them in their actual ruck. They've got workhorses, and yeah. honest ruckman. Yeah. Um, and but you, when you've got Hodge, Mitchell, Burgoyne, Lewis, yeah, okay, you, you can give a give a point or two in the ruck and pick it up elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. The outs. Now, this is a lot of outs for one year for one club. Yeah, for um, for, for an old club that were past it as well. So, so 
firstly, uh, we'll look at uh, the two retirements in Hale and Lake. Yeah. Um, David Hale was, I think we knew um, this was going to be his last year from the start. Yeah. But Brian Lake, uh, all year, uh, what I love about Brian Lake is he says what he thinks. Yeah. Um, you know, usually it's like, you know, we'll wait till the end of the year, we'll talk, we'll see how we're going, I'll talk to the family. He went, nah, I want another contract. I'm playing yeah. for another contract. Yeah. Even after the grand final, in the change rooms, he was doing an interview um, with somebody, you know, it's all gushing. Uh, I saw Gibson come over and, and say, look, Brian, we've got a meeting. Clarko said, if you want another contract, you've got to come to the meeting. And Brian like, <laughs> goes, see you later, guys, got to go. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but he, he didn't get the contract, but fair enough. Yeah. Um, he can leave on a high. You can't be disappointed with three flags in three years. Yeah, I mean, he could have been stuck at Western Bulldogs, so. Yeah, he'd yeah. be finished by. Gotta be stoked. He, he wouldn't have played you know, the last three seasons. No, not a chance. And look, he's one of those players that when you got him, you didn't realize he was going to be that useful. When we got him, I thought he'd be great for Box Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it turned out, I mean, one of Norm Smith, for fuck's sake. I don't know what else you can ask for him. Exactly. Um, and one of the most unassuming looking footballers as well. <laughs> like he'd be a good club man at a country league. Absolutely, and I think he is now yeah. at uh, Caroline Springs. Is he really? Yeah, he's yeah, always said not? he's going to... Well, Essendon came knocking uh, when they were looking for top-up yeah. players, and he yep. went, mate, I've been eating pies since the grand final. Yeah. Let's not let's not be stupid. Yeah, it's good that he went back there. I mean, I'm still waiting for Glenn Archer to come back to Noel Park. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen him around there since. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hale and Lake, uh, like you said, they both earned their, earned their medals and uh, can... Go off into the paddock. Yeah, and, and they'll get better uh, the longer they're retired. The, sorry, the other thing about Lake too was uh, Ben Stratton is starting to play like Lake. You yeah. Know, floating across packs and taking marks rather yep. than going the punch. So you can see that he's had that effect as well. Yeah. He's joined the AFL 360 this year. Lake. Is there really? It'd be very interesting. Yeah, interesting. It might put an honest opinion across there. Absolutely. No, a relatable opinion, yeah. Not going to be a bit of contrived media bullshit. I love it. Um, Jed Anderson is the, the one that really hurts. Yeah. And yeah. we spoke about it earlier. Um, yep. just didn't have enough space for him and that's all it is you mean Gunston did enough to say that this is my spot yeah what are you going to do I mean he, he's he was trying to get in as that small crumbing forward as well but yeah. I mean Luke Bruce is playing that role yeah but you, you're not you're not a better shot at goal at Luke Bruce yeah and you've, you've and got Rioli you got Rioli <laughs> who, you got, forget about it you got Popolo there Popolo, who's who killing is it an absolute terrier yeah I mean Popolo you look at him and you You'd pick him to, I don't know, probably at the gym trying to be as buff as he can, try and prove the man. But he's just an absolute killer on the field. Isn't he? And just never gives up. Yeah. And the thing is, he's got he's got hops too. He can jump. He's took some screamers. Yeah. He's dropped some better ones. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And plays like he's six foot two, which you love to see from, from someone like yeah. that. So if, he, if you're not a small forward, then he wants to be a midfielder. Yeah. You're not moving um, yeah. Mitchell... Yep. or Hodge or Lewis or Shields even who's yeah. probably one of the best tackle, tacklers in yeah. the league yep. what, what more can you do Yeah. so I think it's a great move for Jed Anderson to get out and he looked yeah. good um, on the weekend for North Yep. just, just stuck in my super shame. coach team after that that, that match actually yeah. he's going to be a gun yeah. it's just a, such a shame they couldn't uh, especially I think he set out a whole year with uh, a shoulder and then pneumonia yeah, as that. well but the games did play he played really really well he and did had Massive rapture around him as well. So. Um, and uh, I think it was 2013, um, it was a toss-up between him and Simpkins to be the to wear the sub-vest yep. uh, in the grand final against uh, Frio. Yep. So he, he was the 23rd player. I never really thought about that, actually, from a coach's perspective, picking the sub, who's possibly get a medal and the other person doesn't. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Well, um, it's in the grand final replay when they were talking through it. Clarkson yeah. said, I had to choose between Simpkin or Anderson. They were my yeah. choices. And I went, if somebody went down in the first two minutes, 
I'm not confident that Anderson could run out the game. And right. that is literally what yep, made the decision. Yep. So Simkin walks away with a medal, medal and yep. Anderson uh, walks away to North Melbourne. Because it, it is a bit different from just having the plane in and out for the grand final where yeah. if you're in, you're playing the game. You know what I mean? But a sub it adds a whole other little spanner in the works there because yeah. you could literally only play five minutes of that entire match and you get the medal. Yeah. Uh, it is funny. Like, like, let's go back to 2014. Like, it's such a hard role to do as well because Taylor Jurey had the sub vest. Yeah, comes on in the fourth quarter. Hawthorne's up by 50. Yeah, yep. like, thanks guys. Like, yeah, yeah. cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do my part. <laughs> Thank God he ran out and got nine kicks. I think so. Yeah. He's like, all right, good quarter, mate. Yeah. But still, you're absolutely free. So, but on the other side of the coin, I don't know who had the sub vest for Sydney. Imagine that. Yeah. All right, guys, you're on now. Oh, yeah, yeah. thanks, cheers, mate. mate. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> cheers, that. We're already six for. beers deep. <laughs> um. So the other outs, uh, Simkin. Like we said, well, I was moving into Simkin. I had a yeah, great segue I, there until I fucking forgot. No, that was me. I fucked it up. Same thing with Simkin. He. I don't think he played a game this year. Um. But he got the best and fairest for Box Hill. Yeah. It is at that stage where he wasn't good enough to force his way in, and he wasn't young enough to get a pass. Yeah. Um, which is such a shame because he, he had a solid year all yep. year for Box Hill, but he just wasn't, he, again, the wrong player in the wrong club. Yeah. He got another premiership medal. He's got two premiership medals now, so he's got to be happy with that at least. Well, it's scary how good Box Hill Hawks are, to be honest. Well, they lost two grand finals in a row now. Yeah, but that was to the Bulldogs, wasn't it? Uh, was last year. It was to Williamstown this year, I think. Who, who they, they don't have it for the Collingwood? No, nah, they're standalone. Oh, really? Lost to a standalone club. Well, that kind of makes sense then, I guess. I think they used to be Collingwoods. Yeah, but it was amazing seeing that players who would get in the Bulldogs' best 22 playing in the <laughs> yeah. the yeah. Razzies. In the VFL. Yeah, and doing well too. I mean, they had goods. They had Boyd playing well there. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Hawks. <laughs> um, Matty Suckling. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Bulldogs, yeah. he's taking the free agency option. Can't blame him one little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh, big money on offer over there. Yep. And I think he wore the sub vest this year. Yeah. Um, that, that in, in, the, in the grand yeah. final. Um, so, or, or did he? Yeah. Anyway, um, so I think it's a great option for him. He'd done yep. everything he could do. Yeah. And I know from a Hawthorne perspective, there are question marks around his hardness. Like right. He gets pushed off the ball a lot. Yeah. But it's a bit like Stewie Jew, that left boot. It's yeah, worth yeah. its weight in gold. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, they've got plenty of players that can stand up and take his spot, though. So, it, for the money that he was offered for the Bulldogs, you go, you know what, mate? Yeah. Jeez, you've yeah. been a champion for us. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Like, we, we'd like to keep you, but just Not between you and me, <laughs> in your best interest is to go over there. Yeah, take that money. he's, he's going to be absolute best 22, yeah. as opposed to is he in the vest or not, Yeah, even though there's no vest this year. Yeah. Um, and the last one of note is uh, Sam Grimley as well, yep. who's won the VFL goal-kicking two years in a row, um, but only played two games for Hawthorne. Right. And, and looked all right yeah. in, in the two or three games that he played, now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, but none this year. Yep. Apparently, he had... The whispers were there was some commitment issues off mm. the field. I thought it was to bang Clarko's daughter or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think Clarko's daughter's 11. <laughs> uh, let's not mention that again. <laughs> um but uh, he, he's got another life um, as a top-up player for Essendon as well. Yep. And apparently had to be convinced um, really? to do it. Well, he'd already signed with Subiaco uh, okay. in the Waffle and yep. had a job you know, off, <laughs> yep. off the field, like in a car yard or, or whatever. Lane or but something. <laughs> a job, yeah. a solid job. It's probably Bobcat in the mine somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, car yard, it was that. So 
Um, yeah, so that was usually the Crows gig, wasn't it? It was. You'd, you'd it get a was. job and then you go down to yeah, Tony McGuinness's and Cornsy's one on Main North Road. Toyota. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was like, do I go back and be a top-up player and play in the VFL for another year? Because yeah. I've done that yeah. you know, for the last couple of years. That can get sick yeah. of really easy. But anyway. Um, well, to be fair, the waffle is not a bad feeder for... You know, plenty of players um, been recycled picked up from plans. the waffle. Yeah, you can show your wares. Good. Yeah, he's been good. showing his wares in the VFL and didn't get picked up in the off season yeah. until the the top ups came along. Anyway, so yeah. Um, the other way you get players uh, is through the draft. So uh, Hawthorne have picked up Ryan Burton, Kieran Lovell, and Blake Hardwick, um, right. who's young Dimmer. Oh, really? Um, of course, yeah. Really? Who, who's only How old's Dimmer now? Dimmer? Yeah. Oh, he must be forty. So a young fella playing in the playing in the AFL. Holy shit! He must be over forty. So he's he, been he, coach. He, he didn't muck around knocking him out, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, it was interesting. I was talking about it on the weekend. Um, he must have been overlooked for father son. With yeah, listen. I don't know if Hardwick played enough games for Port, but either way, maybe he hadn't been claimed as a son at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't paying alimony. <laughs> <laughs> could could very well be. Who knows? Uh, so let's have a look at the Hawthorne draw then. To be honest, I want to see the maths on this, on how old Hardwick was when young fella was born. And <laughs> I tell you what, let's press pause. So we've gone to the books and we've had a look. Uh, Hardwick, Blake, uh, sorry, Blake Hardwick was born when Damien Hardwick was 24. So it's not really that far 24. out. And would that have been around when Eston won their premiership? 97. No, a couple of years earlier. A couple of years earlier. So he just, yeah, uh, must have been celebrating something. <laughs> <laughs> celebrating Saturday night. Why not? Yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, like we said, Blake Hardwick, he won the goal kicking in the TAC. So, yeah. interesting that he went so late um, in the in the draft. Um, being that, you know, the, you think there's something in that? Yeah. He, like, he kicked a bag of 12 during the year. Yeah, and I mean, Essendon love a spearhead, so... Very interesting. So, yeah. have to find out um, if they just passed on it or they had other issues. I don't know. Yeah. Might not have played enough games. Yeah, true. I, I thought he would have. But anyway. Well, would, how many did he play for Port? Uh, he played for Port as well, but he, yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't play enough games for Port. Right, it wasn't like a Wanganine or anything. No. Yeah. Um, so th- there's a draft. So we look at the draw for Hawthorne for the year. Yeah. Um, they're double-up games. They, they've got a, a hard run with double-ups, but you'd expect that when you finish um, with the with the Cup. And it's kind of patronising to say reigning premiers have a hard run at any point of the yeah. season. <laughs> um, the, yeah, it's the best thing is that I have to play themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so their double-ups for this year is West Coast. Obviously, you have the, the double-up against uh, the previous grand final uh, yep. team. West Coast, North, Sydney, Melbourne, and Richmond. Right. So Richmond's the weird one because they've had the, the wood over uh, Hawthorne yeah, they years. have. I think they've won four out of the last five or something like that. It'd be around them, but even when you look more extended, I'm going completely on memory, but I just remember beating Hawthorne a lot of times. Like It wouldn't be a perfect record. But 2008, I remember they beat Hawthorne. Yeah, it wouldn't be a perfect record, but uh, it'd be, considering where they are on, on the ladder, there'll be lots of surprises where we beat Hawthorne. It just seems to be that rock, paper, scissors yeah. type of yep. thing where um, yeah. Richmond just have it over Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if Hawthorne are going to get over that bogey and you know break through for a fourth yeah. premiership, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, if these curses are the ones that we keep winning with, they're all right. They I can reckon, stay. Yeah. Whatever witch is doing your shit, I'm getting an appointment with her. Um, so they got twice against Richmond. Um, yeah. The double up against Sydney, it's almost the other way because they've had the wood over Sydney and the only yeah. losses they've had, uh, they've lost through inaccuracy. Yeah. Being the 2012 grand final and last year. Yep. 
Um, so I th- think that they match up well, um, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's going to be news to Sydney supporters who listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, believe me, Sydney supporters yeah. only listen to the Sydney parts. Yeah. Plus, they don't listen to Hawthorne one, are they? <laughs> let's be honest. Um, so let's have a look. Key games um, for 2016. Yeah. I've got them down as the first two of the yep. season. Because when you look at the Hawks... Uh, I mean, it's tough being the, the reigning premiers to say that any part is going to be tough. But Obviously, everyone's out for you. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at it, you've got Geelong and West Coast, who I both anticipate are going to be very strong uh, this year. And Well, just as how Hawthorne burying Geelong in round one last year set up from the season, they, yeah. they've got to do it again. Yeah. And now it's Dangerfield's Geelong. Yeah. And Smith in there in the ruck, which is going to make a lot of issues for Hawthorne getting first use of the ball, which... Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to give that Geelong midfield first use of the ball. Well, as a battling ruckman as Hale was, he uh, there was quite a few games where he made Geelong look embarrassing. Yeah, um, where they had ruckmen that couldn't keep up with him. Yeah, and he's a lumbering ruckman. Well, he was like Dennis Robin, more or less. Where he's yeah. not the biggest person, not the the most talented, but he knew where to position his body in order to be effective. Yeah, an, an absolute veteran. Yeah. So you're right. And then um, they get to host um, West Coast back at the MCG. Yeah. I believe that's their first home game for the year. So that'll be when they'll unfail the flag as well. Yeah. There's nothing better than unfailing the flag against the blokes that uh, had a chance to win it too. Yeah. Rather exactly. Insulting. Yeah. Just to put it up there. And so, uh, yeah, after that, you've got um, Bulldogs, you've got Saints down at Aurora, you've got Crows at MCG. Got Giants at Spotless, who obviously uh, they lost it last year. Lost there. last year, so I mean, it'd be a pride one that you want to win that one, but you wouldn't yep. say it's a key matchup or a, a key game. And the most interesting part is that they don't play a top four team away from home until round seventeen, which is yeah. the Swans. Well, there's only three top four teams they can play against. This so. is very true, <laughs> being <laughs> but, one of them themselves. But and and, and that that includes Fremantle at Aurora. And if history is anything to go by, Fremantle don't send top squads to Aurora. Well, they did. Last you write year. that off. The, the the other thing that always happens when Frio go play in Tassie is you hear them bitch and moan about it uh, yeah. for the, three weeks beforehand and two weeks afterwards. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. They can, they want to complain about it every year. And I mean, it's kind of a pot and kettle situation where no one likes going over to all the way over to Western <laughs> Australia, and you don't realize how far it is until you overlay the map of Australia to other continents. Yeah. And you realise how big our country really is. But the thing is, they've got to fly to Melbourne anyway. And then you go, oh, we've got to go another hour. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Anyway. But and I mean, and the thing is, you can fly to, to um, Tullamarine and still have to drive hour and a half to Geelong. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> unless you're flying into Avalon. Um, like that. What I loved about last year, because they played uh, Frio in Aurora um, in 2015, was the... Uh, about a month earlier it's like we'll play anyone anytime anywhere <laughs> off except fucking Aurora fuck yeah, that fuck you know, we're that. not going there yeah. oh that's why we lost yep. by 12 goals yeah and I think uh, North Melbourne's only the team that plays games in Tassie aren't they uh, uh, as a home side yeah yeah and got no support there I think no. it's all Hawks <laughs> um, well, I think they play in the north or Hawthorne playing the north. Is there a I, north I, and south of Tassie? Yeah, a little yeah. bit apparently. Yeah, yeah, apparently. I would know shit about it. <laughs> um, I got their other big games is round sixteen, which is uh, Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. So they yeah. lost twice against Port um, in twenty sixteen. So the only time they play play them this year is coming out of the bye, yep. and they got away. Yep. Um, and they'll be away the following week as well against Sydney. Against Sydney, yeah. Um, so uh, no more games at ANZ for Sydney, which is good news. Um, so it'll be the yeah. First 
Thank God. Uh, unless you go for Collingwood, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's terrible news. Apparently. Worst news of the off-season. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd hope you'd be able to fix whatever Port exposed in them and, and you know, neutralise it. But if Port aren't playing finals, then you don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to bounce back Port. They can't be as bad this year yeah, as they were last no. year. Yeah, you, and Dixon looks good. Yeah, doesn't he? And, I mean, both the greys still look good. Looks like they got better. And before we started doing this research and Nab Challenge started, I wrote them off. I said, no, nah, going backwards, same as I did Frio last yeah. year. Yep, so guaranteed top four spot. Um, the, the other big game will be their one trip over to Perth this year, which is in round 22. Yep. Um, it, it is good that they've got West Coast 20 weeks apart yeah. um, throughout the year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if how that one turns out and where both teams are at that stage because you'd expect them um, they'd both be hoping to play uh, top four Um, and this could be a game that decides who gets uh, a home final even yeah it could be too yeah and you just you love to see the grand final rematches build up that sort of rivalry and and grudge match in the following year where you play them early and no matter how it goes the other team gets that chance to adjust and figure out what's going on and then you get the the rematch Long towards season, the end of the season, yeah. yeah. How, how they done, how they adjusted, how they look going to the finals. Um, the other good thing is uh, they play Collingwood around 23, and I think a lot of people are saying Collingwood need to make finals this year. If they're in and around the eighth spot yeah. and Hawthorne get to keep them out, well, that's yeah. a good day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's only Collingwood supporters saying they need to make it, but... Well, I've, be... I've already seen Collingwood supporters calling them flag top, pies. Top four, obviously, yeah. Flag pies. Yeah. I've seen top four for sure, but... Yeah, to be to be fair, making top eight, you do you're doing good. Yeah. Um, so they're the big matchups um, for 2016. Uh, bit top Gun moment there, was it? Yeah, I was about to sneeze <laughs> and nothing happened. Got away that. Yeah. Um, so where have we got Hawthorne finishing in their chance to go for history? I think I have them finishing fifth. And to be honest, I had them that for last season as well. Yep. I think and. It's just hard with Hawthorne is that it's kind of irrelevant where they finish in the in the as long as the top eight they're always going to be dangerous. You don't want to play them in September. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's where it comes down to it. And I think, like we said at the top of the podcast, was well, maybe I said it, but they're they're a team that thrives in pressure, which is the differentiator between the top teams when it comes to finals. Yeah. It's not so much about skill; it's about how much you handle the occasion, handle pressure, and you know you get you get a week lead up to to matches where all sorts of things happen and it's almost like a fight where you have um, press press conferences and then you have a stare down and then you have to actually get in there and do it and a lot changes in the build up to, to the actual match so I think Hawthorne if they're top six they're always going to be dangerous in the finals and always going to be ones that it, once the regular season is finished and the pretenders have been kicked out they're going to be up there as probably odds on favourites um, I just realised we've skipped a part too uh, yeah. uh, so let's let, actually let's backtrack that's my fault um, I got too excited um, we haven't talked about who's going to have a big year for Hawthorne this year yeah um, the first one I've put in is Rioli I think he's going to go ba- um, back up what he had last year yeah um, he's his off seasons look good um, he's kept himself healthy uh, so if he plays another 20-22 games per the year yep. like I think all Australian is a lock for him again if he yeah. can keep himself fit. But we we know what his hamstrings are like. He had a good year last year, but 2014 he didn't. Yeah, um, and he's always that. There's always that worry that it could happen again. Yeah, and when looking at the Hawks squad, like I said, it's kind of arbitrary to pick who's going to have a good year because yeah. they all have good years. So I, I looked more at who needs to have a good year, not chopping block, but 
you'd like to see them really step up and dominate. Uh, put Stegler down because he's been um, there, thereabouts with him and McAvoy about who's going to fight for that, that yeah. ruck spot. Yep. Played and, a lot of games last yeah. year. And, and it's mainly looking at the matchups who he's going to have to go against for the top teams. Yeah. And so you really want one to step up and say, this is my spot. I can do the running around the field, not just the ruck work to get the midfielders first use of the ball. It's about what you do after that's finished yeah. and what you do around the ground. He has a good set of hands. Yeah. Um, which is... Yeah, positive for him yeah but um look i think you pencil in mcavoy as the number one ruck so yep. um last year you'd pencil in hale for the number one ruck and him yeah. and mcavoy competing for it like you said yeah and mcavoy won out um yeah. so this year he's he's got a leg up to be the number two ruckman yeah um, and especially since roughhead's gone for the first half of the year so yeah if he can go forward take some marks and kick some goals he'll do a lot to keep his place there yeah exactly and I mean, it just can't be underestimated how devastating Hawthorne going to be when the when midfield gets first use of the ball. Exactly. And they're such um, smart uses of the ball. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. really concentrated in, yeah. um, on that part of the game, which es- has made all the difference. Especially for center, center rucks. Um, how yeah. they uh, structure their center bounces is yeah. amazing. They Like we said, that sixth sense really goes on where they know everyone's got, where everyone's going to be. They're very structured, uh, very regimented how they go forward. And so that all depends on getting first use of the ball. So you like to see Segler really own that position. Uh, the other big year I've put in is Gunston. Um, yeah. Especially, like we just said, Roughhead's out for six months. Yeah. Got rid of Anderson as well. Uh, yeah. Who was, uh, yeah, Anderson could take a mark up forward. Yeah. Um, Gunston then now needs to lead that forward line. Yeah. Like he is the lead up target. Yeah. They used to have two or three. Um, he's going to, he's not going to have the chance to run down back to get kicks anymore yep. either. Yeah, uh, which would suit him. He much prefers, you know, being a forward. Yeah, um, being a forward only. Yep. He, he's uncanny how well he can read the ball and uh, position himself in marking contests. Yeah, he's well, going to need to do that all year. Not quite as good, but a little bit of buddy about him, where he can do that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, even a little bit of Jeremy Cameron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. I think he's stronger than he looks too. Because yep. he seems to win so many one on ones in yeah. the marking contests. And you look at it, you're like, how the fuck did he manage yeah. to do that? How yeah. do you do it, you skinny That's a good point. I didn't put that two and two together until you mentioned that. Um, and the other one is Billy Hartung, who was yep. unlucky. He was the 23rd man for Hawthorne last year. Yep. Um, I think he, he owns the record for wearing the sub-vest ten, <laughs> 10 times or something like that. <laughs> so the poor bastard couldn't get the sub-vest on the big day, though. I could say, Manny White would have had that, but we traded him. <laughs> um, Liam Shields is also fractured his wrist um, on yeah. the weekend so he's yeah. out for six weeks I think yeah. so there's one more midfielder even though yeah. he's not the same kind of player as uh, Hartung yeah. means that there's gonna, there is a, a spot open yeah but you like to see Birchall um, who's I mean there's nothing really wrong to say about Birchall's game but there's yeah. a hole that he could fill in you know what I mean so it's not, uh, not well, diabolic well I think for something for Birchall to have more midfield time yeah. he, he's that yeah. back backline general yeah. um, he's, he's one player that's sort of I think sneaks under the guard um, for a lot of um, other teams and fans absolutely absolutely but yeah. I mean it's understandable because you wouldn't put him ahead of Hodge Mitchell yeah. Lewis Burgoyne um, yeah. but you know he's a two or three time All-Australian four premiership medals now yeah it's not a bad little resume well, for a 27 year old and that's why it came across my, my radar because doing the I mean you're looking at you know who needs a big year from or who's in trouble block yeah and you look at it you're like Burchell you know he's always there thereabouts but what does he really do then you go through the stats you're like yeah, he, he does a fucking lot. He does a, he does lot. a lot. Um, I think there was um, a few games where he'd have 26 
um, disposals yeah. and 25 effective. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, yep. well, shit, he looks after the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, definitely one of the players that goes under the radar and you don't realise how much he does until he, he's injured or has yep. a game out. And you're like, holy shit, we need two players to really fill in that spot. Um, and the other one I'll just mention, like I said, you could mention a lot, um, Sammy Mitchell still. Yeah. I mean, he's 33 and he had... 45 touches on the weekend. Yeah. Nab challenge, I know, yeah. but yeah. but he had a hard tag. Yeah. Um, and it was at halftime, I, th- I was thinking about it, um, that uh, Jacobs it was who was tagging him. I thought, yeah. geez, he is really tight, really tough. Yeah. And then I checked uh, the, the stats at halftime. Mitchell had 20 touches. Jesus. I thought 20 touches with a hard tag. Yeah. And then uh, he was tagging Isaac Smith for the second half. <laughs> So either they went, all right, let's see how you go on a running player, or they went, you know what? It's not fucking working, mate. Forget it. You go back to year one. So I think that um, Mitchell uh, finally has the respect that he deserves. Because for me, he's been Hawthorne's best player over the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, He was ranked number six in the the AFL uh, players, voted their top 50 players, and he made number six this year. Really? Lee Matthews said he is an absolute Hawthorne great. Yeah. And Lee Matthews isn't somebody that throws around yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. He's quite reserved when he gives praise. I, I think that the only, like, what would uh, lead people to discredit a lot of what he does? Do they seem like a bit of a dick? Sammy Mitchell, yeah. well, he, he need five. And apparently that was worth 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. But you see him, like, sort of strut around and, like, uh, oh, it's kind of funny. What was the little cheap shot he gives someone where he was showing the ball and they went to grab it and just chucks it away? It was something like that. Was that Sammy Mitchell? I don't Pretty remember. Sure. It was something like that. I yeah. th- you might be thinking of the game against Essendon. Maybe. Where somebody gave him a little cheap shot, a little nudge, and he went, no, worry about it, mate. What's this? You got the old injection into the arms? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. He got in trouble for that. I couldn't Did believe he? it. Really? Holy um, shit. But uh, just imagine if that's what was caught on camera. Imagine yeah. what's been said um, uh, in the in the packs to all the Essendon players. Yeah, I mean, that'd be like going up to... Jake Carlisle and pretend to do a line or something. <laughs> it's like it's only I, offensive if it's not true. I do like that people were offended by that. It would be the exact same people that are making Essendon jokes for the last three <laughs> yeah. years. Yep. You're all on drugs, you're all on drugs. Yeah. Oh, he he mimed it. He mimed it. How dare you, man? My kids are watching this game. <laughs> I do like that uh, he owned up to that uh, miming drugs better than what Essendon players owned up to taking yeah, drugs. Yeah, taking drugs, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. And they tried to give him just as nearly as much a penalty. <laughs> Um, in in by that you mean they'll give him a penalty in three years' time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, um, he didn't appeal it though, so credit him. Yeah, the, the chopping block. Um, I put Segler down um, because he needs to own that ruckman. But we've yep. spoken enough about that. Um, yep. I got two players on the chopping block, and that's Sean Makers and Spanger. Yeah, but just because I, I don't know if there's room in the team for both of them. Yeah, they're both reached cult hero status. Yep. Spanger, <laughs> I think, only played two or three games last year because of injury, but. It's almost the roughhead injury now means you can play Spanger down back and Shuey up forward. Yeah. And Shuey would love to play up forward more often. Yeah. Uh, and that's certainly where he was playing against um, North um, on the weekend, but he didn't get much of the ball. Yeah. Had a great grand final, though. Yeah. I, I had Spanger down as my personal chopping block, but it, not, in, not in a malicious way. I think no. he's, he's just done his job. And yeah. Look, he's at his third club. If he has another injury-filled season, you've yeah. got to ask where you're going. And look, the Easter period really messed with him because, you know, interrupts his preseason. You know. <laughs> well, he dies and, yeah. Yeah, thank I mean, God. Thank- Easter Bunny's picked up a bit of his slack, but, you know. I mean, all I can say is thank God that uh, Hawthorne play on Easter Monday. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. If it was before Sunday, he could be in he trouble. He would be there. He'd be a definite out. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it would be good to see. Um, I just uh, love to see the race, like have this boulder across it. Yeah. <laughs> just pushed oh, aside. They have missed an opportunity there. They're supposed to be secular, right? We can make fun of this shit. Fucking nice we can. Um, sorry, now that we've included that bit, where do they finish? Uh, look, Josh, who isn't here, uh, he's picked them to finish four. I've actually picked Hawthorne to finish sixth. Well, I've got the five to round at the trifecta. Yeah. Because I, like, their strength is their older players. They have to drop off at some stage. Yeah. They were also their best players last year. Well, like I said, their strength is how they handle pressure in final yeah. situations. They're not athletic types either. Yeah. So their thinking doesn't yeah. disappear. Sammy Mitchell has lost, I reckon, five or ten metres off his kicks on both legs. Yeah. But he still doesn't need to kick 50 metres anymore. You know, he, he can work with what he's got. Yeah. And his handball's the best in the game. Well, that's it. I mean, it's almost like they're... You can compare them to um, Carlton offcuts, where they're great in finals if they make finals. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. All the ex Carlton yeah, players. Ex Carlton players. So Hawks. It doesn't matter where they're really going, but once they make finals, they know that they they've got something yeah. over the opposition. They've just well, got that one little X factor. They handle the situation perfect. Again, my bias. I think Luke Hodge is the best finals player ever. Yeah, he, he definitely put his hand up there for sure. Um, um, I think you'd have to go back to the 80s to really find a contender. Well, there's the 70s. I think there's three players that have got two Norm Smiths being yeah. Andy McLeod and uh, Gary Ayres um, yeah. uh, for Hawthorne. But Hodge just he lives for finals. Yeah. I know it's cliche where some commentators call him Mr. September, but he owns finals. Yeah. If they kept stats, he'd have the most Norm Smith um, votes Probably, um, going yeah. 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 He played in five grand finals, and the one bad one he had was when he uh, in 2012 when they lost. Um, where he was injured and probably, um, yeah. I don't. You can't leave him out. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you'd certainly prefer if he was fully fit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that all the other teams in the top four have improved in the off season. Whereas, yep. like when you look at Hawthorne's ins and outs, they haven't got anything in, and they've lost something. Yeah, but I mean, when you look at the last few seasons, you just about say the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, last year they got Frawley in. Year before, yeah, what did he do? Uh, he, he had a he kept um, the common medalist goalless in the grand final. Yeah, that's fair. Not goal. a bad All effort. Right, fair enough. Yep. All right, <laughs> he um, did that. He did his job, yep. and he had a shocker in the qualifying final, and he bounced back and went right. Yeah, that, that's it. That can't happen again. Yeah. Um, so I I just think that Hawthorne can their lapses have increased. Yeah, like they've gone from nineteen wins to seventeen to sixteen. Yeah. While 15 wins is finals, so... Yeah, that's what I mean. They, they, they could still go backwards, but even with 15 wins, if they finish fifth or sixth, yep. nobody wants to play Hawthorne in the finals. Exactly, yeah. They'll yep. still have that stigma. I mean, it's almost scary to have them finish outside the top four and have win or die yeah. attitude through the whole series of the finals. It's yeah. almost like when the Crows won. What were they, six or something like fifth, that? A fifth they won from, And yeah. a gun team. Yep. A gun team. And, but, and just timing their run. Yeah, yeah. Always. Done perfect and not too dissimilar from Hawthorne, I wouldn't imagine. Look, it's it, like we said with a lot of teams could finish anywhere from 4th to 14th. Yeah. I think Hawthorne, there is still that outside possibility that if um, Hodge Mitchell Lewis gets supported slash uh, reported yeah. slash injured, they could still slip um, further down. But I don't think not it'll out happen. Of the eight, though. I don't think so. We'll not be out of the eight because even if anytime you've seen Hodge Mitchell. Lewis out of the team, people have stood up. Yeah, I think that that's been 
a, a situation where it allowed someone to stand up. Whereas when they're on the field, those players play their role kind well, of thing. We'll know by round three. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because like we said, Roughhead's gone for the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, Shields has gone for the first month. Yeah. If they have any more come in, you're really going to see what their their world-class depth is like. Yeah, and like we said, the first two games are tough games yep. in what we anticipate the final ladder will be. So, yeah. And even round three, which is Bulldogs at Etihad Stadium. That, yep. That's a tough run. Yep. Um, that'll do it. That's uh, that's the last preseason primer Yeah, we'll have to do. That's so, 18 down. We, yeah. we set our mind to something, we actually fucking did it. Yeah, and uh, I think we can say we'll catch you next week for the wrap-up of round <laughs> one. Maybe. Um, Facebook. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, clickingballs.com. Yeah, yep. check out our website. We've got the links to all our social media and other stuff on uh, uh, the banner top right-hand side of our website. So click on those and follow us. and Yeah, show some love. Yeah. All, all right. right. Bye. Peace.